0: Fuck are gonna roll. I love the over at the points are gonna be Last week I went six of eight units, made a boatload of money. Clinton's gonna put up 55 points by himself.
1: He's not the coach to get fence there over the hump. We're gonna throw some
2: major money on this bet. I'm taking the over.
0: Looking at where the models and the lines are running at least two scores different. Then my steak dinner broom lock of the week. This is the two unit play. If you're gonna bet with me, it's gotta be good. Mickey, Scotty ready to go make our listeners some money good evening listeners and welcome to sports bets fun it's friday night december 4th and we are recording the show live as our name suggests we talk sports make bets and have fun doing it all in addition to our podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at sports bets fun and check out our website uh, sports bets there's a lot of uh, good content up there every day, each week. I'm Maddie Money. As always, our co-hosts Mickey Sanrito and Scotty Be Good are here. In addition uh, to that, we're going to be talking a lot of college football, and we'll, we'll get into them real quick. Uh, well, first, Scotty, let's go to you, man. Uh, before we talk college football, we uh, hang on. Let's just uh, end this, and we'll start. well oh, you there? Now it came back. All right, man, you're there. Okay, we thought we had. we're back back.
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah 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 i was i was for a second day i'm back
0: hey that's what happens uh so hey we're going to be talking some college football here a little bit later focusing on uh discussing an expanded college football playoff but before we get into that scotty man you've been crushing it with your college basketball picks this week uh why don't you share a little bit about that how you been doing
2: yeah, Mr. Money. Well, that's a factual statement you just made. And here at Sports Bet Fund, we've started off this college basketball season on
1: fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, and you know, if any of our listeners have paid attention or if they checked out our website at sportsbetfund.com or follow me on Twitter at Scotty Betts, man, they they could have won enough bills this, this early season to treat their family to maybe like a nice little Gatlinburg vacation. Or according to Mickey, even better, maybe a little state dinner, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I like it.
2: But, but yeah, we we started off six and one. Um, all those picks we shared um, online and tweeted out, and um, picks like Florida over BC. Florida was at five, minus five and a half. They won by twenty. Liberty at minus ten and a half over St. Francis. Pa one by sixteen. NC State minus seventeen over UMass one by thirty one. I picked Gonzaga over WVU, which covered by 0.5 points. That's still a big W. Um, and then I took the Texas Moneyline, right? Texas Moneyline over IU. They won by 22. And Kansas, with that odds boost I was telling everybody about on DraftKings that I tweeted out, um, at plus 200 over Kentucky won some big money, placed a unit on that, won three units. Man, So it's been awesome. Um, the only game I've lost thus far – is the Duke Michigan State game, which was kind of a tough call with this being this early in the year. Um, so, starting off six and one, and with so many games, guys, coming on day in, day out, our listeners and followers need to be sure and check in with us on a daily basis at sportsbetfund.com. Check us out on Twitter, you know, because
1: we're going to be releasing these bets now on the regular. Yeah, and we're churning out the content on sportsbetsfund.com, so make sure you guys check that out and follow us on Twitter, as Scotty says. It's been a good week. Uh, Steelers' money line hit. I followed Scotty's advice on the KU UK DraftKings boost. Got, uh, got a little bit of cash in my pocket there. Didn't hit the Steelers-Ravens over, but that's okay. Uh, excited to get into the week, excited to get into the weekend and see how that action works out uh, tomorrow.
0: Excellent. Well, and I'm going to have to start, uh, Scotty, taking some of your picks in the college basketball and uh, make a little money. You know, uh, for our listeners, we were just watching the end of the App State Louisiana Lafayette game had the over 51 points and uh, App State had a chance to get a touchdown to to, to hit the over or kick the field goal to tie the game and send it in overtime, which would have uh, guaranteed we hit the over and they botched the field goal at the last second. So missed that one, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this weekend and Scotty, I think I'm going to be following some of your basketball picks in the coming weeks and and going on that with the success you've had. Uh, But yeah, so uh, but otherwise, you know, the the money bet model has been doing pretty good. 27 of 42 coming into this week. That's 64.3% units. Correct. Obviously I'll have to update that after the app state miss, but uh, everything's been going strong on that. And we've been, we've been doing really good. So uh, with that though, gentlemen, um, we got a good show tonight. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys think? We, where do we guys want to start tonight?
1: Well, we got an exciting show. Obviously, we, we talk about our headlines. We're you already teased that we're expanding the CFB playoff, college football playoff. If we're the college football king for a day, what are we going to do? And then, of course, at the end, we're going to wrap with those money making picks get everyone uh, primed for the weekend of making money. But, uh, Maddie, I'll kick it back to you. Let's get started with the headlines.
0: Yeah, and, you know, traditionally we normally do the headlines, and I'll roll through five or six different things that we saw across the web this week. But uh, we're going to do a little bit differently tonight. Uh, we each dug in, found a headline that we wanted uh, wanted to share with our audience, and we'll, we'll chat a little bit about it. So I'll, I'll get things rolling. Um, the The headline that I, I came across was the Knight Commission Endorses F. BS split from the NCAA this is a pretty big deal. Uh, for those of you that haven't been following that, there was a commission that was formed uh, by college athletic leaders and they recommended on Thursday that the best way to repair quote, the NCAA's broken gover- governance model is to remove the teams of the football bowl subdivision from association of the NCAA and create an entirely separate entity. And this commission it's, it's a pretty big deal. It's led by a gentleman named Arnie Duncan, who was the department of education secretary under president Obama. And it's made up of a bunch of reform minded independent group of university presidents. And the major takeaway from the report was that there's just a huge gap between in football, between the power five and really everyone else. So they were really coming out, really suggesting that the power five and maybe a few others Move into their own, create their own entity separate from the NCAA. They would uh, police themselves, come up with recruiting rules, uh, you know, um, compensation if they wanted to go down that route and have their own national championship, things like that. The NCAA would handle the you know Division II and maybe the F- FCS and, and Division three football and still control that. So that's a pretty big that's a pretty big uh, first step towards. Uh, maybe maybe us seeing division one football as we know split apart into sort of the power five and and how that changes recruiting and potentially compensation things like that so that's a pretty big big deal scotty hearing that as an sec guy i mean i'm I'm pretty sure there's compensation already going on down there with the players but (laughs) what 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 are your thoughts with you when you saw this headline
2: i mean you know looking at this i mean guys this is Golly, so much to take in and, and and for the universities to to try to, I, I don't know, for lack of a better word, police this, right? And I know, like, saying fair, I mean, like, life's not fair, I get that. But, like, man, you when you look at these, these major colleges and stuff and trying to keep um, things on an even playing field for some of these bigger schools, I mean, I feel like it's just going to f- – further spread the gap among the top schools right so your ohio states with these huge donors and huge alumni fan base right and your alabamas and and other teams i mean to me this is going to just kind of create another tier with these top power five programs right and you're going to have your your top your head honcho programs that are going to be getting all this money and how are these other schools going to keep up with them right how are they going to govern that how is it going to you know man i it's just going to take, it'll take some careful thinking and some close monitoring um, to, to make this run correctly. And I, do, I wouldn't see anything like this happening for a few years down the road anyway, even kickstarting it. Yeah,
1: I yeah, agree with mean, that. Makes, it, it makes sense. Uh, the gap uh, between big time college sports, big time college football, especially, and, and a lot of the uh, smaller schools, it's already wide. I think it's widened during COVID time, just given the, the, uh, uh, you know, schools not being able to play, donors not donating as much money, seats not being filled in the stadiums. Then you look at the NCAA trying to govern big-time college football along with these other non-revenue sports at uh, Division one, Division two, II, Division three schools. It makes sense for Power Five to create their own thing, whether it's just football, basketball, and high-revenue sports, or if it's uh, a separate entity altogether, 100% behind the idea and think that they can find something that works best to govern the sports that they uh, focus their resources on, and allow the the sports where the resources aren't the same to have that governance there.
2: So, would that governance would allow them to still play those small schools if they wanted to?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure all that stuff's on the table, negotiation wise, and stuff. But uh, I, like you said, Scotty, I think you know this is probably a few years away at the earliest. Uh, you know, there are a lot of contracts in place and things and deals and all okay. that kind of stuff. So, but it'll it'll be interesting to follow and, and see what goes. Mickey, what were you looking at this week?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, my interest has been piqued by winter sports. We got namely the NBA and NHL. Uh, I believe today the NBA released its first half of the season schedule, starting the season on December 22nd. They've already kicked off training camps. Uh, I know the NHL hasn't finalized anything yet, which is starting to get a little worrisome. Uh, We actually dropped the story analyzing this yesterday and speculated what the NHL would do uh, along these lines. So, you know, in the NBA, they're going to play 72 games. Uh, The league hopes to have fans in the stands at some point during the year. Playoffs start in May. Uh, They generally start in mid to late April. The finals are expected to conclude by mid-July. That seems pretty solid uh, for basketball. But the NHL, today, some rumors came out that they want to do a 56-game season, award the Stanley Cup mid-July. The hope that fans can be in attendance, like basketball, be in attendance at some point. Uh, but uh, the worrisome part seems to be a holdup to finalizing the deal uh, between the league and the Players Association is tied to financial concerns, compensation, revenue sharing, all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, it seems like we're getting close to that, that, that point where they need to start to get back on schedule. And, and it's a little ominous that things might be going off the rails here. Uh, look, Mickey needs to bet the puck lines to sustain life. It's my thing. So this one's, this one's tough. It's close to home, but uh hopefully the NHL can follow the NBA's lead and figure it out. What are your thoughts guys?
0: Scotty, you know, uh I'll, I'll jump on this first. You know, I, I just think it's, it was exciting when the NHL came back to wrap up their playoffs. uh in The summertime it was it was kind of nice. And I, I know the NBA came back as well. I didn't really watch a whole lot of that. Uh Not really an NBA fan, but I know a lot of people are. So, um, however it is getting these getting these things back and, and getting going it's we're probably looking at a shorter season so i think i think everything that mickey outlined makes sense but scotty what's it f- from your standpoint
2: yeah i mean with it looks like you know with everything delayed this past year um i'm just guys to be honest i'm excited that they're just able to work it out before they can have another season right it was great to see them finish the season first of all um you know it's kind of messy and I, I feel like a lot of you know, the the, view, the viewers were down and weren't following quite as closely because it was so just kind of helter-skelter. But, I mean, honestly, just to see them working towards having a season this coming year because, you know, who, you know a few months ago, that was in doubt, right? Would we even have another season this upcoming year? We didn't want, know what to expect. So seeing them trying to figure this out and trying to at least get, get them out there, get the players out there, um, and they will. Um, I'm not, you know... I, I don't when I when I read through this and I'm looking at this talking with you guys about. it, I mean I don't love it, but at the same time, like it's all right.
0: Well, I tell you what, um, uh, today. It's kind of uh, in the middle, you know. I tell you what, Scotty, today or, or yesterday, the, the Washington Wizards, you know, pulled that trade off with Houston getting uh, Westbrook for John Wall. So there's there's some buzz going around the town uh, with that trade. So that that'll be exciting. Like I said, I don't I don't really follow the NBA too much, but when you bring in a high powered star. Like Westbrook, a guy that can, you know, kind of carry the team on his on his shoulders, it'll be interesting to see if the Wizards can get going. Man, I'm, uh, you know me, man. I don't mind jumping on a bandwagon and, and enjoying a, join a, you know, a couple month run or something late in the season into the playoffs. Uh, enjoy the ride for that. So,
2: well, I'm hopefully I mean, certain that the Preds, the Nashville Preds, can get back on track this year too, right?
0: Absolutely. See those
2: boys get back on the ice, man, and hopefully get back to the, some of that, uh, some of those well, winning seasons, man.
0: They do it very they do it up very well down there in Nashville for the for the hockey uh, and And speaking of being down there, Scotty, uh, you' you're right in Nashville right in the in, in SEC land. What headline are you bringing to the table?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I got uh, one topic I want to talk about, something that we talked about this past Tuesday on the podcast, right? And we were kind of talking about um, the ACC and how the conference was setting up the schedule for their teams to to give them the best opportunity to get into the the final four playoffs, right?
0: Rigging the system.
2: Rigging the system, right? And you guys had asked me, w- what did I think the SEC would do, right? And I came out, and even though Mickey San Reno was trying his best to say <laughs> me otherwise, um, <laughs> I came out and told you guys, you
0: know, <laughs> you're right. He was, man.
2: <laughs> he was, he was. I mean, and he had a. Good, I mean, he, he sounded good. Cool. He sounded pretty good, right? But it was a lot of fluff. Because I'm going to have to go back now. You know, the SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey came out and made it clear this week that the SEC would play all their games and that they would earn – let me say capital letters – earn their way into the SEC championship and into the Final Four, right? And I love that, right? What a – just a power play, right? I mean, would you expect anything less from the SEC commissioner to come out and say that, right? He's saying these teams are going to earn their way in. And that really got me thinking a little bit, boys. You know, I've been riding high on Ohio State saying I don't care if they play four games or five games, if they need to be in the Final Four – but to be honest, now I've heard the SEC take this stance, I'm, I'm kind of second-guessing that now. I, I'm i sitting here thinking, hmm, should Ohio State be in over, let's say, the Notre Dame-Clemson game, right? Let's say Clemson blows them out of the water, which they're going to do in the ACC championship game, like I've been talking about. But now you've still got a one-loss Notre Dame there. What would they be, 9-1 at the time? And then you're yeah. going to put – 4 and 5-0 Ohio State over 9-1 Notre Dame who went 1-1 versus Clemson?
0: Absolutely I would. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: is this well, a joke? <laughs> well, I learned I learned two things from this. One, we need to get a mute button for Scotty when he starts doing his anti-Ohio <laughs> State SEC bias. But two, he's got a point. Ohio State does have to play more games. The great question is, okay, leave Ohio State out if they play five, six games. Who are you putting in? That's, uh, that's going to be a big thing. Um, wrote about this today on sportsbetsfund.com. One thing about Greg Sankey and even his predecessor, Mike Slive, they're leaders. They have been at the forefront of of being leaders and the commissioner role going back to when the SEC expanded to 12 teams and started the championship game in the early nineties, being in big 10 country, you're just a position of what they're doing down in SEC country. Greg Sankey's doing what Kevin Warren has been failing to do this year and in the big 10 it's uh it's a tough one but uh you know if we had leadership up here in the north with kevin warren and and in the big 10 it would uh we wouldn't be having this conversation of is ohio state uh as tested with the amount of games they played because if we had better leadership in the big 10 very good chance for Ohio State would be playing nine ten games this year as well
0: well i'm uh I'm, I'm going to steer clear and not take the bait because I could spend the next 30 minutes just ripping into Kevin Warren and what he did to the Big Ten and how he screwed over a bunch of these, these student athletes in the prime of uh, you know their college careers and the political motivations behind it. And, and I'm already going down the track, so I'm going to pull back. I'm, I'm not going to dive into that even though I just did. Uh, but I, what I do want to pivot to, and I saw this, and I know Mickey doesn't like us giving free ad reads on, on the show, but I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw the uh, the, the guys over at OutKick had a pretty good uh, sort of what-if scenario. And, Scotty, you might, you might like this because it the, was a, all about power play against the ACC where the SEC would keep an undefeated Alabama out of the SEC championship game, let Texas A&M with one loss, play florida with one loss so then you'd have bama undefeated number one in the country and then you'd have a one loss sec champion and that would be what they were saying the ultimate power play move where the sec would then get their two teams into the playoff and obviously wedge out the loser of the notre dame Clemson game because we all know the buckeyes are getting in if they go five and oh six zero with that with that uh the talent they have on that team so i thought that was pretty good
2: that would be (laughs)
0: <laughs> that would be – but I tell you what, man, how difficult would it be to tell Nick Saban you're not going to go get the play and, and, and win another SEC championship?
1: Well, how do you tell Florida and Texas A&M now that scenario, that they won the SEC when they undefeated Alabama is sitting there saying we're the best team, not only in the SEC, but number one in the country very well, could be the best team in the country when all the dust settles, so – it's a fun little exercise. I like, the, uh, I like the spirit that everyone has. You know, guys over at OutKick do a good job. They're fun to follow as well. But, uh, you know, I think we could go down a wormhole here if we keep talking about it. So we'll move on to our next topic, which... We're going to go down a wormhole the, on,
0: right, Mickey? Who makes
1: the playoffs, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we want to talk about expanded college football playoff. This summer we saw both the NHL and the NBA expand their postseason formats in the wake of the disruption from covid Uh, This is actually a topic that I wrote about in Mickey's mailbag this week. You can find it online at sportsbetsfund.com. But back to the topic, this season has certainly been disrupted. No major interconference games took place. Uh, The amount of games played varies across teams. Obviously, we might have already talked about how in the Big Ten, uh, them being late to the party, thanks to Kevin Warren for his absolutely abysmal leadership of the conference, uh, that's going to suppress the games played for teams like Ohio State. Uh, If there ever was a season to call an audible, this would be it. Uh, So I'll, I'll toss this one out to you first, Scott, you're the king of college football for the day. What do you enact for the postseason?
2: Yeah. I I
1: really like the idea of expanding the college
2: football playoffs. I do. Um, And the first few years, you know, I I was, I was totally against it. I was kind of opposed to the playoff system in general. Um, You know, I guess I'm a little old school. And uh, so change doesn't come easy to me, especially like in the, college football landscape, but I do like the idea of it. And, you know, you, you look at the Division One football championship, they feature a 20-team playoff. They have 10 conferences. The champions automatically qualify, while the other 10 teams are selected at large by the Division One football championship committee. Now, listen, I'm not saying we need 20 teams, but I do feel like we need to expand it larger than four. Um, you know, Maddie Money, after having some time to chat with him about this a little bit early in the week, I love – I love your idea. I didn't even got to tell you this, man. As I got to really, really kind of think about it. Like, I love your thought process around what should happen. Actually, I'm kind of in love with it. I don't just like it; I love it. Um, so, my vote here's my vote: is to implement the Maddie Money Playoff mon- model. Okay, and if it's going to be as half successful as your money model that we're betting on, it's going to be
0: real nice. Excellent. Well, and, 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 let me share with our audience what I, what we were talking about. I, I felt the big 10 and pac 12s. You just play for the national championship every year, Ohio state, maybe USC, Oregon, cause the SEC is just not up to snuff. So Scotty, I really appreciate you seeing the light on this and, and, and throwing your support behind, behind bringing back the Rose bowl to, you know, being the marquee game. I'm just kidding there folks. Uh, so yeah. So, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier and, and if I was king for the day, Mickey, here's what I'd do. I would, I would expand the playoff from four teams to 12 teams and top four teams would get a bye. You'd still have the committee uh, seating and ranking teams. You'd play your first round. Uh, If you're doing it this season, you'd probably play your first round games between the week between Christmas and new year's in the future. Maybe that comes before Christmas and then you could do your quarterfinals on new year's semifinals finals, you know, a, a week apart each I would give preference to the power five conference champs and I would say they get an automatic bid. I'd probably have some stipulation, like as long as they finish within the top 20 of the CFB's uh, committee's final rankings. And really that's to eliminate uh, some team. We saw this a number of years ago. I, you know, big 10 West team snuck in with like four losses. You know, if someone like that happens to win the conference, but they're not ranked or something, I'd I'd still keep them out. I know some people in their models suggest, you know, let's, put all the the conference champions in and that wouldn't be bad either. But what I would also like to see is if you go to 12 teams is the group of five, if a group of five teams, a conference champ and, or finishes, you know, ranked, I think if they're a conference champ and they finish ranked in the college football's top 20, I think they should get an automatic bid something like that. Cause the committee is going to rank their teams one to 12, but like what we've seen this, re- these recent weeks, you got coastal Carolina at like 18, you got BYU at 13. So if you just took the top 12 teams, they're left out. I think if you expand it to that 12, I'd rather see them in than say an Indiana or a third or fourth sec team, or, you know, a third or fourth big 12 or ACC team. I'd rather see a couple of these little guys, a Cincinnati, a BYU, uh, you know, getting getting their shot for it. And I think a 12 game playoff does that. There's room in the schedule. Just eliminate one game at the beginning of the season. Uh, that's that's the way I do it, one or two games. You know, play a 10, 11 game season and have a three round playoff or whatever. So th- those are my thoughts, Mickey. Where's your head?
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I like where your head's at. You know, mine's a little simpler. This year, you already know uh, what I talked about the other day. Uh we already know who the top seven teams are. We don't need to see the big boys slaughter the also Rans and tell us something we already know. Uh my proposal is making it an eight team playoff. Throw in either the, the big twelve leader, Iowa State, throw in BYU if they can handle the Deshaun to this weekend, or you know, maybe Georgia, I guess, since they're number seven in the country at the moment. But uh you got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Florida, Texas AM, and Cincinnati. Those teams have separated themselves as the best to date. Let's get them in a single elimination tournament and get after it going forward from 2021 and beyond. You know, Maddie, I, li- I like your model. Personally, I'm in favor of eight teams. You get the power five champs. You get the highest rated group of five champ. You get the two at-larges. We'd like to see this happen sooner than later. Obviously, the way college football works, uh, it's going to happen later. And then the powers that be will present it to us like they are presenting the greatest things in sliced bread that we didn't know we wanted, even though it'll be about 15 years too late. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty simple, pretty simple approach is what I, what I take on this.
0: Well, you, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit at ESPN was talking about this earlier in the week, sort of kind of just questioning where college football was was going and players playing for three years and, and leaving. That's sort of the standard now. If they can go to the NFL. But I think sort of his broader topic about college football and, and where their sports head. And, you know, there's so many games that are just fluff. You know, if you look at it in a traditional year, these top teams, they may play two or three tough games and I think the sport would be much serve itself much better if there was more marquee matchups and an expanded playoff instantly adds, adds those at the end of the season. Uh, And I, and I just think that's more fun. You can eliminate some of the, the money grab games and, or figure out a way to, you know, still incorporate some of those, but that I I just think that the the college football has got to pivot that way, put, put out a better product that people, there's going to be more big games uh, for people to to tune in and watch.
1: Yeah, it's a sport that's been evolving. Uh you know, I think since they went to a 14 team playoff, one of the things we've seen is a collection of of the top talent going to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia starting to recruit some of those players. Uh and it it is in line with what you're talking about an expanded playoff giving more teams a seat at the table to compete for a championship might help distribute some of that talent a little more evenly might lead to uh, a, a lot less of what Kirk Street was talking about this week and, and maybe uh, bring the game to uh, a little bit more equitable position. similar of what you see in the, the college basketball side, even though they have one and done, you have a, you have a wide open tournament every year and, and some years the best team wins and some years you get a, you get a middle tier seed uh, go to the final four and win the championship. Like to see that kind of, excitement in the college football world versus the same three or four teams uh, with one or two others mixed in each year so uh, we can dream on that one yeah
0: I imagine at some point it's gonna happen it's gonna be inevitable but like both of you guys are kind of saying it's probably gonna take a little bit of time so but let's move on we got some some games tomorrow I guess today it's 1230 on the east Coast so today my time Saturday we got some got some pretty good games on the slate this week so let's let's take a look at the ones that are uh, we'll be watching and, and focused on and also maybe have uh, probably the most impact on, on the rankings here. So, first game we have on deck, uh, number four Ohio State at Michigan State. Probably won't be that competitive of a game. The Buckeyes are giving up 23.5 points on the line. But I think what's really big for this is the Buckeyes are playing, and there's a lot of questions going into the week if – if uh, this game would actually happen. So uh, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio state came out this morning and said the game's on. And that's obviously very big for the bucks and their chances to get into the big 10 championship game. So they can hit that minimum threshold. And obviously for all the stuff Scotty was poo-pooing on earlier about number of games, it'll, it'll just be beneficial for the Buckeyes to to get as many games in and go win their conference champion. So people like Scotty can uh, just kind of sit back and, 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 enjoy the the big 10 being part of the party at the end of the season so yeah uh,
2: it's like michigan state beating them that's a resume builder for sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know the buckeyes should roll in this uh i mean do you guys have any any thoughts really beyond the fact that the buckeyes get to play a game
1: you know, they need to look good. Uh, they didn't look that great against Indiana, even though it was a top-ten win. And, and I think if the argument is if they don't play the same amount of games as some of the other teams, then one of the things that they need to do is look the part in the games they play. Uh, Michigan State is overmatched, but they've been spicy. They, they upset a Northwestern team. They I guess you can't say it's an upset uh, against Michigan the way those seasons were unfolded. But you know Ohio State can go up there, play a crisp game, execute take over, win convincingly, uh, that's going to leave a much better taste in the mouth of, of fans and the committee
0: and voters. Well, I tell you one thing I'm definitely going to be watching for, Mickey, I know you will be too, is, you know, which players are dressed in, in, in the game and are there any key starters that uh, didn't make the trip to Michigan state per the, the COVID protocols, the contact tracing, all that. Cause as we know, those players in the big 10 have to sit out 21 days. So, Uh, by default they would miss the following week against Michigan too. So be interested to see what the lineup fully looks like tomorrow Uh, in the sec. Number five, Texas A&M is visiting the plains playing Auburn. a and given up six and a half points in this game. Total points is slotted at about 48 and a half. A&M didn't look great last week against mediocre LSU team. And, I, from my opinion, Scotty, the Aggies need to to keep winning, obviously, to keep their playoff chance alive, but obviously win with some style, too. What's your take? You're the SEC guy here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they're – you know, last week, as you were saying, uh, their defense showed up to play. Their defense looked great. Um, but, you know, their offense – they were they were a little sloppy on the offensive side of the ball. And they had a few weeks off before that, right? They, missed, they hadn't played in two weeks, and, and we've seen – you know, really different examples where some teams have a couple weeks off come back, they're on fire, and then you have a couple weeks off and teams come back sloppy. Um, Matt, hey, guys over at Thanksgiving, we were talking about just the sloppy play in general college football this year, right? We, I'm, I, I can't remember seeing so many just sloppy plays, right? And a lot of times the players even look slow lethargic. So I'm expecting them now to have that game back under their belt next week. I think they come out firing on all cylinders. And I don't think Texas A&M is going to have a problem handling Auburn on the road. I think they're going to take care of business.
1: Yeah, A&M's the better team. They're favored by six and a half. Uh, you know, I'm throwing some cheese on the A&M money line here just to get a little profit, hopefully, off uh, from that one. But then you look at Auburn. Gus on at home. They tend to have one game a year where they, they pull an upset on a game maybe you don't think they're going to win. But uh, they played Alabama last week, got kicked around a little bit. Uh, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but there's always that stat where, you know, the teams the week after they play Alabama lose at a much greater clip than normal. So I think this is A&M's game to win. But, uh, you know, crazy things can happen on the planes.
0: Well, and, and that's actually make it funny you say that because I've kind of had this game in circles. I, I think this is the game A&M might trip up on. I'm not putting any money on it. I'm staying away from it. And, and mainly for what you said there, Melzon and, and Auburn usually kind of have that one game at home that they, they surprise somebody uh, have a big win. And I, I kind of feel like this might be it, but we'll find out more tomorrow. Also in the sec right behind AM at number five, we have number six, Florida, Scotty, they're traveling to your old stomping grounds, Knoxville, Tennessee, take on the old Tennessee volunteers. And Florida's uh, laying land 17 and a half points Is yeah, that I right?
2: Know. Well hey if you guys would have listened on Tuesday right I locked it in I've already placed my bet is it was at 16 and a half
0: so, I remember <laughs> that yeah, yeah. so, it's, so, so yeah. They're, they're following you man you, you placed a
1: bet and <laughs> we start seeing the line move' I mean, we've, we've already like proven it? we've already proven that sports bets fun moves lines It's a fact. Hey, and why do they got to put these Tennessee games
2: on, like these Slaughterfest on at 330 CBS games? I mean, get out of here.
0: Dun, 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 <laughs> dun. Or however that song goes. Well, yeah.
1: Huh. <laughs> listen, huh, huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Scotty, break this one down for us. Yeah. So we know you're taking Florida, and then you know Tennessee's uh, yeah. not looking too good. But what do, you, what do you see when you go a little deeper?
2: Well, I guess you guys probably heard the news coming out of Knoxville this week as well. The, you know, there's some more distractions with the team. Kevon Bennett was kicked off the team. He was our starting outside linebacker. Um, you know, the whole guns and drugs and whatnot. Um, he, so, we've had five double-digit losses in a row. This is the first time ever in school history this has happened. And listen, our quarterback, Jared Garantano, he's a good dude, right? He has a strong arm, but he has zero pocket presence, zero pocket awareness, and he makes poor decisions under pressure. So we're going to set another record this weekend, and we're going to make it another – we're going to make it six double-digit losses in a row. Um, guys, I think Tennessee's going to be able to score the ball. I think they're going to put up some points. But the thing is, Florida's just going to score a lot more. And the weather's going to be beautiful. So, you know, it's not going to be – it should be a sloppy game. Um, it's, not, it's going to be sunny and around 50 degrees and Florida's going to roll. My prediction on the score is going to be
1: 45-24 Florida Gators. That's my prediction. Oh, wow, that's, that's a good prediction. I talked earlier about how the big boys don't need to play the All-Star Rams. That, uh, that applies to this game. A lot of the, the big money is on Florida. A lot of the models are predicting Florida. Uh, I don't see Tennessee being the first defense to stop Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts this season. Uh, I don't have any action on this one, but I would lead to Florida covering 17 and a half for a road favorite is a big one, but if there's ever a, a bet to make, this looks like it might be the one.
2: And and I do have to say this, guys. Talking to a handful of Florida fans this week, some, some close buddies of mine, they seem nervous, and I don't know why. Like, you know, like they don't have the confidence that they usually walk around with in this game, and they're just kind of being kind of quiet about it, and when I'm – you know, I'm going and saying, hey – Florida's going to kick – you guys going to kick our tails. They're just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, they just got a weird feeling about it, right?
0: Well, they had a little bit of a slow start against Kentucky, but then they were able to kind of turn it on and, and finish, you know, winning winning by a healthy margin. But for the first part of that game, they definitely looked a little little slow out of the gate. So, if they do that again, um, they'll, they'll probably still be able to be fine against Tennessee. But I think, I think the Florida fans know what's coming a, a few more weeks down the road. I'm still
2: yeah. Bottom line, I'm taking the Gators. I took them at sixteen and a half, and I'd probably I take them at seventeen and a half because I think they're going to win by twenty-one.
0: Excellent. All right, another game that we had flagged as a game of interest is number twelve Indiana at number sixteen Wisconsin, and we're, we're looking at this one. I think mainly because in the big 10 with Ohio state, if, if Ohio state doesn't meet that threshold, Indiana's for the most part, a lock to get into the big 10 East. They've got their game up on, I believe it's Michigan state and because Maryland's not going to have enough games either. So Indiana can afford another loss and I believe still get in, but Indiana's quarterback, Michael Penix, who was on track probably to be the big 10's quarterback of the year. He's out for the season now with an ACL injury. So, I'm really looking forward in this one to see how Indiana responds after that news you know they're gonna have their backup quarterback in we've been hearing how their coach has been you know building this program up strong culture the gritty team if you watch their games which which we did uh earlier in the season they played strong I liked how you know they got behind Ohio State pretty by pretty good margin but they kept battling and fighting and came back and were within one score on uh, the final minutes there with a chance to tie it up so the narrative is there that this this coach has built a program that, and this and this this team is there that they're going to they're kind of going in the right direction. But I think this is a big adversity when your star player goes down. It'll be interesting to see if if what they really built there is the real deal. I think you'll see this team rally and and continue giving fourth grade effort. If it's not there, if it's a little bit of a a, a facade, you know, does does this team just sort of fall apart down the stretch? And and in Indiana, could, I feel like it could go either way. Mickey, what do you think?
1: Now this is an interesting one. Top twenty matchup. Wisconsin's at home. Last time we saw them, they were struggling against Northwestern. Uh, Graham Merch looked pretty shaky in that game. Uh, complete one eighty from what he looked like in the opener against Illinois. And, and when I look at Indiana, they, they don't have Michael Penix, who's been a star this year, but the culture Tom Allen's building and that frisky defense they have, they forced Justin Fields into three interceptions. And even though they gave up 35 points against Ohio State, they confused Ohio State a lot. And if they can confuse Justin Fields and the powered Ohio State offense, what are they going to do to a, a freshman quarterback and grab merch at Wisconsin? So the way they rallied and, and hung in that Ohio State game, they, they can – they can maybe create some stuff on defense against a Wisconsin offense that hasn't looked good in their last two games. I think Indiana's going to hang around. I do expect Wisconsin to win at Camp Randall. I think the line was minus 14 at one point. I know it's moved on. I think it's minus 12 and a half last time I looked. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to win, but Indiana's definitely going to keep this closer. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they can force Mertz into a couple turnovers if they pull out the win but uh it's it's got a tough task for Indiana to, to win this one without their star quarterback even though Tyler Freifogel and not Steve Smith are are still in the lineup and still playing for them well you know what
0: I, I agree with all that and let's let's move on to the the big game of the week and this this came together near the very end uh, it was originally we we're going to see Number 18, Coastal Carolina hosting Liberty, and we we're all pumped about this game. We were talking, and, and that was in the money bets model, and we were looking at it. but that game, Liberty's unable to make it due to some COVID issues. But Coastal Carolina's upgraded their, their opponent, bringing in number 13, BYU. Uh, Coastal Carolina's going to be getting 10.5 points in this. Total points is slated around 61.5. So College Game Day is going to be on site. It should be a fun matchup. Uh, Mickey, let's go to you first. What do you see with with your boys, uh, the Shanta Clears? Yeah, taking on the talked Cougars. about this
1: game, talked about it the other day on the site. Uh, you know, Coastal Carolina's had a great year. They're the pod's favorite team. We've been riding these guys all year. They're they're a tough team. They they play tough. They play strong. But here's the thing about BYU. They're number 13 in the country because the committee doesn't like their schedule. But when you watch them play, they're, they're a damn good football team. They're a team that if they were playing, uh, power five teams would be winning those games. I, I, they're just not a good matchup for Coastal Carolina. They're, they're gonna win the game. Coastal Carolina will put up a fight. There'll be stiff competition for BYU. It'll be the toughest team BYU's played all season. But right now, uh, just the players that BYU has, like the nose tackle, Tonga, 6'4", 300 pounds, the, the Coastal Carolina offensive line is going to struggle against that pressure. Quarterback Zach Wilson's having a, a dark horse Heisman year. Probably not going to win it, but he's going to make plays down the stretch. Uh, it'll be curious to see how these teams game plan, given that it's uh, three days out from the time they from the time they scheduled it to the, the actual game. But BYU has got too much firepower for Coastal Carolina. And I think BYU will win this game. They'll move into the top ten. They'll probably still be looking up at Cincinnati, but uh, this will be a good one for BYU to to get a good t- national TV audience and, and flex their muscles on a on a undefeated top twenty Coastal Carolina squad.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this, and you know that BYU and Coastal they have one common opponent, the powerhouse that is Texas State. Okay, BYU the Armadillos. Is, I don't know <laughs> what they are. <laughs> <laughs> BYU beat Texas State fifty-two to fourteen. Coastal Carolina beat Texas State forty-nine to fourteen. So three points. BYU beat them by three more points, right? So that's my logic, right? So that must mean this is going to be a heck of a football game, and that's why I think it's going to be a lot closer than that spread that you're looking there at ten and a half. And I also think that the Indiana Wisconsin that minus fourteen man, you yeah, know. One word, fry focal, right? We talked about that. That's going to be a lot closer
0: than fourteen as well. Interesting. And I, yeah, I, I haven't really looked at the Indiana, Wisconsin, but the BYU Coastal Carolina. You, I'm, you know, Coastal Carolina's center is like five, nine, 285, undersized, and <laughs> I think BYU's nose tackle, this dude's a beast. And when they played Army, Army could not. Get their their triple option, could not get the dive going on that because Tongo just, you know, take on a double team and just hold the line right there and, and plug up that middle. The dude's six, four, three hundred pounds. And he's gonna be way too much. And we're talking right over the ball, right up the middle. This is a guy you got to Mickey was talking about this, you know, the game planning. This is a guy you got a game plan for. And if you got two, three days to, to try to figure out what you're gonna do, like I, I have a feeling BYU's defense, especially up front. With Tonga leading the charge is going to be giving giving the Chanteliers fits uh, all game long. So I'm actually kind of liking BYU and it was in, in, <laughs> and thinking of maybe taking taking them with the points, giving the points. But uh, uh, that's interesting. I mean, you know, we're kind of seeing this a little bit differently. But hey, that's what happens when you got great minds digging into this stuff. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. It should be a fun one. It's, it's pretty cool, like we said earlier. Game days there and there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of excitement around this and i think what nicky was hitting on is you know th- this is a good opportunity for BYU to you know have a, have a good showing beat a ranked team unfortunately it's coastal carolina so even if they do thrash them coastal carolina will drop out of the rankings and everyone will be like wow they really weren't that good in the first place so i do kind of think it's it's BYU doesn't really I don't know. It, you know. When you play, you'd, you'd rather go play a power five team and beat someone like a Wisconsin or someone, uh, or, or Washington. They had the opportunity, I guess, to play them a couple weeks back, but anyways, well, let's move on. I know, uh, we got some, we have some listeners on listening live. So I'm sure they're waiting to, to get into our money, money-making picks. So, uh, Mickey, I'll turn this over to you get things rolling.
1: Yeah. It's time to get into our picks, make some money this week. We got Scotty Betts at Scotty Betts on Twitter. Scotty, be good. He's been a stud picking basketball. He's been pretty good at picking football, too. So, Scotty, let's uh, let's tell the crew, let's tell the audience, all of our listeners, where your action is this week. Yeah, guys, yeah, we touched base on it a little
2: bit this past Tuesday. Um, I'm going to start with Bama, minus 28.5 over LSU. That is – I mean, that's crazy that that's a, that spread is that large when the Bama-LSU game. But, guys, I, I think they're going to roll – um, LSU's not going to be able to score and Bama's not going to, they're going to keep the foot on the throttle savings back in action this weekend with this team. Um, I see them winning by probably, I don't know, 40, 40 points, something like that Ooh, so it's gonna cover. Yeah. They're going to crush them. Um, as we talked about earlier, I'm taking the Florida at minus 16 and a half that that line has moved to 17 and a half over Tennessee. I would still take that. I've got my money in at 16 and a half, which makes me feel really good. Um, I said it's going to be a 21 point game. I could see it being a 17 point game. Um, so I'm really pumped. I got that in at minus 16 and a half. That's why you, all of our listeners, they got they got to stay tuned each day. They got to check in so they can lock these lines in when we tell them to. Um, I'm taking Texas at nine and a half over K State. Um, you know that line's moved too. It's man, it's gone back and forth, back and forth. It's been to seven. It's been back to nine. So it's money's coming in all over the place on this game. Um, but I've got them in at nine and a half over K State. And I'm going to take AM. i A&M. I'm going to take A&M at minus five and AM and at 55 over Auburn. I'm just – Auburn is such an underwhelming team this year, watching them play. I mean, you know, I, I really watched that Auburn-Tennessee game closely. Auburn's not that good of a football team. So, Texas AM can't put them away, um, especially at minus five and a half. If they can't get them by a touchdown, then that says a lot about Texas A&M this year. And uh, it's time, boys. I know everybody's been waiting all week for this pick, the triple D – Pick of the week, the double-digit dog, and I am going to go ahead and knock out the biggest game of the week. <laughs> We're going the Coastal BYU BYU at minus eleven. Listen, I am going to say Coastal's going to cover. I use the simple logic again. I, I looked at their common opponent, and this always works every time, fail-proof. The Texas State game, a three-point differential there. I am going to say that they're going to. They're, it's going to be a three-point game at least, and then Coastal could walk away with that victory. And last but not least, gentlemen, since I'm calling the biggest college football game tomorrow, right, I might as well call the biggest college basketball game tomorrow for you. Um, and that's the Baylor-Gonzaga game. The Zags are coming in at minus two. And I'm going to pick the Zags to win that game. I'm going to pick them to cover the spread, minus two, right, two points. Um, Baylor's a heck of a team. They, you know, they're expected to go really far in the tournament this year. But, guys, listen, the difference and the game-changer in this is Mark Few, the Zags head coach. He's a beast, man. He is a leader. And, and being honest, man, Tennessee's played the Zags a couple times over the past few seasons, so I, I get to see that team a lot. Um, this is quite possibly the best team they've had. And so I see the Zags as uh, I feel like they're they're in the driver's seat to win the championship this year. And I know it's early, but they are loaded, and they are more athletic than they've ever been. So look for the Zags. to Put away Baylor tomorrow. Put you some money on the Zags at minus two. That's the picks for the day.
1: You know, when it's a lock, you know, when Scotty likes it as a lock, it's got to be good. So I'm actually on Fanduel right now, locking in Gonzaga. That's moved to two and a half. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow your advice. I've been crushing it all, man. You're on basketball. I like, I like your picks too. A and M over Auburn. I got the money line A there. Can't go broke, making a profit. I think that's gonna be a good one. I got the Texas, uh, K State line. Actually, Texas giving seven and a half. I uh, did include that in my picks this week because I got too many road dogs and that, or too many road favorites, and that's just a good way to uh, to go broke. But, uh, guys, it's uh, it's time for my picks. It's time to tee it high and let it fly. First up, we got San Jose State <laughs> that went to Honolulu, take on the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. San Jose State's favored by two and a half. I like what the Trojans are doing this year with Nick Starkle being one of the top quarterbacks in the Mountain West. Also love their defense and what they've been doing this year, allowing less than five yards of play. Hawaii is usually tough at home. I'm going to lay the points with San Jose, San Jose State here. It might two and a half. This is a good pick. Uh, coming back to the mainland, we're off to the desert with Colorado visiting Tucson to take on Arizona Wildcats. I got another road favorite here uh, with the Buffaloes favored by seven and a half. I like Colorado's offense. They've been strong all season, averaging about 34 points a game while starting 3-0. Meanwhile, the Wildcats have some question marks and injuries at quarterback. They're scoring 22 points a game. Uh, This is gonna be a tough one considering the Wildcats have won three, the last three against Colorado, but this year's different. New coaching staff at Colorado. Uh, it's another road favorite. Not sure if I'm going to be able to financially recover from all the road favorites I've lost against the spread this year. But i got to lay the points with Colorado. Mine is seven and a half. Uh, that's my pick there. Uh, moving out east, Clemson at Virginia Tech. Last season, Clemson, or last week, forgive me, last week, Clemson all but hit the over themselves against Pitt. This week, that over-under is 67 and a half. I'm predicting fireworks in Blacksburg and what's going to be probably like a 51 to 27-ish game. Uh, this is Clemson's last game before the ACC championship. I think they'll want to be aggressive. They'll want to clinch their spot. They'll want to keep their playoff hopes alive. And they're going to want to fire on all cylinders going into the off week before they play Notre Dame. I have a unit on this one, the over at 67 and a half. All right. Hey, you guys ready? We're ready. You ready to have Mickey feed you that oh so delicious steak? (laughs) heck yeah! That's right. That's right. It's time for my steak dinner. Boom lock of the week. We're headed to Big Ten country, meat and potatoes, baby. West (laughs) Lafayette, West Lafayette, Indiana. Nebraska limping in town to face Purdue. A lot of losing going on here. Nebraska has lost two in a row. Purdue has lost. Three straight, something's gotta give. We got the Boilermakers favored by one and a half. Purdue's averaging just under 28 points a game while the Huskers are at just over 21 points a game. Purdue's got the weapons on the outside with Rondell Moore. He came back uh, a couple weeks ago against Minnesota. They got David Bell. He's an NFL wide receiver in the making as well. Those matchup issues are gonna be the difference. I'm taking Purdue, giving a point and a half. This is a two unit play. It's my steak dinner boom block. Guys, there's only one right way to eat steak, and that's with a smile on your face and cold, hard cash in your pocket, because you took my advice in one big. Let's go. Let's go. Maddie, the Maddie Money Picks model, you're on deck. Tell us what you got this week.
0: Well, Mickey, I love your energy this week, and uh, I think uh, it's 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. Before the show, I had to watch App State botch the— That's the money bet pick there, missing a field goal. So I don't have quite the same energy you have at this hour, but I I love what you're bringing to the table. Uh, With my money bets, as I mentioned, uh, the money bets, the models hit 27 of 42 units going into this week, uh, 64%. Correct. And we're looking to keep that going. Obviously, we missed missed tonight on, on the App State game. But I've got three picks I'm going to be giving you. I originally had four, but with the Buffalo game getting canceled, I love what that Buffalo game was looking looking like. Uh, unfortunately, that game was canceled. So I'm down to three picks I'm going to give you tonight on the show. But make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Maddie MoneyBets, because I very well may drop some more picks tomorrow morning before the games get going. So uh, – and for those of you that are new to this show, I'm looking at over-under plays. I usually steer clear from the big-time TV matchups. You know, the handicappers, they have those pretty tight They're tight on those and generally able to find a little bit better value with some of these smaller school matchups. Uh, so that's where we zero in, in, in on. So the first game I'm looking at is University of Louisiana Monroe at Arkansas State. The over-under is 69-and-a-half. I'm digging it. Uh, one model I saw is showing 51.9 points, uh, so definitely taking the under on that. What I really like seeing is there's a lot of turnovers. Both teams are a little turnover-prone. Louisiana Monroe is averaging uh, over two turnovers a game, so this is the type of uh, type of game where we could just see some turnovers in red zones, costing teams some points, things like that. I think it's going to hit the under, and that 69.5 is – is quite a bit. Arkansas State should win this pretty handily, uh, but I have a feeling it's going to be in the fifties. Uh, the total points will be in the fifties or the low sixties at best. So we're taking the under in the ULM Arkansas State game. The other two games I'm giving you, we're also taking the under. First one is uh, some some action with Bowling Green visiting Akron. The total is 57 <laughs> and a half points. What I really like about this this game is both these teams are just absolutely abysmal in offense. So the the, the Falcons of Bowling Green are averaging less than two touchdowns a game, 13 and a half points. Akron's averaging 16, just over 16 points a game. And both teams these teams are turning the ball over uh, at least two turnovers a game each. So I'm liking that a lot. Uh, the number of penalties they've their offenses churn out, uh, it, it's it's you know, a pretty decent amount or right? you probably see about 12 to 13 penalties in this game. So we're talking stalled drives. We're talking uh, turnovers, possibly in the red zone, if they even get to the red zone. Take the under 57 and a half points. The model showing 30 points being scored, by the way. So really liking that. And the last game, we're going to go out to Big 12 land. Kansas is visiting Texas Tech. Over under sixty two and a half. Now we all know Kansas has been pretty bad. They're only averaging about sixteen points a game. Texas Tech's averaging a little over thirty points. And uh, but what I like here too is is the the turnovers. These teams do turn the ball over a little bit. Not as bad as uh, Bowling Green and Akron, but. I just I don't see Kansas really mount much of an offense, and at 62 and a half points, the model's showing 43 points. So I think Texas Tech's going to win this one, probably something like 35-10, 42-42-10, something like that. So uh, take the under in that. So to recap those three plays, we got uh, Louisiana Monroe at Arkansas State. We're taking the under 69 and a half. Bowling Green at Akron. We're taking the under 57 and a half. In Kansas at Texas Tech taking the under 62 and a half. There you have it, gentlemen. Those are the money bets pick of the week. And as I mentioned, follow us on Twitter because we very well may be dropping some more uh, tomorrow morning as these games get started. So, gentlemen, with that, another show is almost in the books. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, anything else? Anything else you guys have? Did we miss Anything?
1: No, I, I don't have any action on that Coastal Carolina BYU game. Both of you guys uh, are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I do think BYU is going to win, but I'm going to roll with Scotty on the uh, the triple D there. I don't think BYU is going to win by more than 10, but I do think BYU is going to win. I would take that money line if I was uh, if I was putting action on that one.
2: Yeah, guys. Awesome show tonight. Hey, and stay tuned. I will be posting C cash. I've got him on the horn. I'll have him, I'll have him lined up tomorrow and I'll be dropping his pick of the week on Twitter at Scotty bets.
0: Well, that's awesome. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. So uh, follow along on Twitter and we'll look forward to doing it all again next week. And until then follow all the action on Twitter at SportsBetsFun. fun, have fun watching the games this week. We hope you make some money too for Mickey San Reno. Scotty, be good. I'm Maddie Money. Thanks for tuning in, Sports Bet's Fun.